Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Pulp Hockey Podcast with Ray Ferraro. Thank you for listening. Get it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on anywhere you get podcasts, and uh, we really appreciate it. PulpHockey.com, too, the old-fashioned way. You can listen on your on your browser. Uh, thank you for uh, listening. Download it. Tell your friends. Give us a review and all of that. We'll be here each and every week talking hockey, talking NHL. And uh, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, the man you really want to hear from, the real expert of the game. It's not me. It's this guy. 18 years in the NHL. TSN lead color analyst Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? How are you? Uh, I'm good. I just got off the golf course, my first round of the year. Oh, wow. And, uh, nice. You know, it's kind of nice. Uh, you know, perks me up a bit. Yeah. Uh, it gives me a little energy. So, I uh, like everybody else that plays golf. You know, you're you don't you don't have any expectations on your first day. So I went out there, birdied the first hole. I'm like, oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how, how good am I? And that was really about the last good shot I hit. But it didn't matter. I was happy to be there. I'm, I'm, I'm four rounds in for 2018. I got you beat. Wow. So. I don't I think by the end, I'm going to put the odds that you finishing ahead of me in rounds played at zero. <laughs> Absolutely. What did you shoot? Do you want to tell us or no? Uh, I was 83 today. It must be so nice to be like I was eighty three. <laughs> uh, I was I was probably lucky to be eighty three actually, and uh, so that's not a great round, but it's not terrible. And it's, yeah, and the best part is because it's early in the year, like you don't even really care. Like I hit a ball out of bounds, and I was like, ah, look at that, yeah. it's out of bounds. It's... Most times you slam <laughs> your club into the bag, and you know, but that was just fine. You slice it out of bounds. You're like, you know what? I'm still golfing. I'm still golfing. <laughs> oh, I'm not on a plane. I'm not, right. you know, uh, and, and now we're getting, you know, close to all the other garbage you got to do at this time of year. Oh, man, tax stuff and yeah. all that stuff. And I don't know, like everybody else in the world, you've got your own system for getting uh, your taxes figured out yeah. and filed. My system is... <laughs> I don't think very effective because I've changed it like 29 times. <laughs> Which basically, at the end of the day, involves me dumping all of my receipts into an envelope. And, yeah, and you're and sort of OCD. Them. You're sort of OCD, I, I've noticed. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. This bothers me a lot. Right, bothers right, me a lot. right. Yeah. Um, I do the old, uh, I'm self-employed, I do the old, uh, everything goes on this one card. And then the uh, folks at Chase uh, credit card do me a nice favor and add everything up at the end of the year, and there you go. You right. I'm, uh, I'm like you know calculating this and that before I send it in, and um, I, there is a guy that uh, I've worked with who um, is not a a record keeper. Like that's not a strength <laughs> of him. And every tax year, you can just see the stress like starting to ooze out of him. Yeah. And, and he's like, I got to get things done. I got to get it, you know. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, if he had done anything during the year, yeah. he would be ahead of where he is. <laughs> but he's not. 
So I uh, I also don't do the quarterly payments. I need to, but then I get hit with this. Why? Huge, uh, I just uh, I forget. I, I don't know. I don't my, bother. Okay, my oldest son, who's a financial planner, <clears throat> yeah. he's like, Dad, you're an idiot. Why are you not paying quarterly? Yeah. To, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. He's like, well, obviously you don't, or you would. <laughs> and so he set it up for me, and I'm like, oh, that's it? Yeah. And he's like, well, what? it's not digging a ditch. Like, what did you think had to happen? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I yeah, have no I idea. Gotta, I gotta write Just it. do it, and then it's done. And then Yeah, you... and then sometimes maybe you get a refund back even, right? Like, sometimes you, who knows? It depends on how you do, but. Well, what yeah. you don't do is have to, is, is, clunk a big chunk no. again. Yeah, that's what I have you to know. do. All right, that's what I have to do. Now, now, what I'm going to say right now mm-hmm. is, okay, we're finished with the tax talk. Let's move on okay. to hockey. Okay. Because neither of us know what the hell we're doing. So it's <laughs> a good point. Uh, speaking of tax talk, uh, we'll get into uh, that lunch I bought you uh, in Vegas will go in 2018 taxes, by the way. That is, oh, that is a work-related we lunch. Um, we I, actually did discuss we did. work very much. Uh, and we'll get to that. But first up, for, for people who want to know, we're doing this on a Wednesday night. And, uh, Ray, the news just kind of came out today. Carolina Hurricanes have uh, promoted, question mark, Ron Francis uh, to sort of the, uh, the upper, upper office. And they are now looking for a GM. But then I also read that this, this GM will report directly to the new owner of Carolina. So it sounds like a demotion for Ron. Uh, former teammate of yours, buddy of yours, uh, talk about this decision. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how it can be considered anything other than than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been the general manager for a uh, number of years. He was the assistant under Jimmy Rutherford. Um, you know, probably well, not probably the best player in their team's history, um, and you know, a Hall of Fame member yeah. and all that. Yeah. But he's he's been in control for a few years now. And the toughest part I have in evaluating Ron as a manager aside from that I know him and he's a hell of a nice guy and all that is he's been working with a team with zero budget. Yeah. And so some of the moves he's made, you know, you can, you can look at them and, and be, you know, and and view them under a pretty skeptical scope, but what are the options? Right. Yeah. You know, like how much money do you have to play with? How much, how much money do you have to, to pay players in the American League to be your mentors for your young players? Do you have a uh, a big scouting staff? Probably not. Like one of the places where a team like the New York Rangers or Toronto can really use their financial might in a cap world is in player development, is in um, the way that they scout their players. Well, there is no cap on that. So you could have you could have ten assistant coaches if you want, mm-hmm. if you feel like play, paying them. You could have, you know, you could have double the number of scouts some of the other teams have because it doesn't matter. You know, if you just want to pay them, well, obviously, if you have more people involved, not obviously. I mean, you could have the wrong people involved. Yeah, but if you have the right people involved and you have a greater number, then chances are your prospects are going to be developed better. Um, Carolina's never had that luxury. This new owner, Tom Dundon, has all kinds of cash, mm-hmm. and it seems like he wants to be, um, you know, he wants to be an aggressive owner. He wants to, he wants to make change. One of his buddies is Mark Cuban. He's leaned on Cuban apparently for a lot of advice, um, and so you can think of that as you as you will. But Mark Cuban, whether he's made the right decisions or not, has always spent on his teams. 
his teams are never underfunded. They're never, yeah. you never wonder, gee, are they scouting their players? Well, of mm. course they are. They got all kinds of, yeah. you know, all kinds of money to go and do that. So Dundon, it seems to me, is willing to spend money for the team to get better. And that's the, you know, that's the position yeah. it puts Ron Francis, you know, in as you evaluate him. Because a lot of, you know, Carolina for a couple of years now has looked like a team that is on the cusp of getting, of getting good. Yeah. And then they don't get there. And I don't know, like this year, you know, they made a bet on Scott Darling as their starting goaltender. Mm-hmm. That's a swing and a miss. But you can't stop the puck. Yeah, wouldn't you think, though, when you look at Ron's moves, that that's about the only swing and miss from what I can see. He hasn't, he hasn't had many home runs, but he's had well, solid moves. He's absorbed some salary, you know, here and there to, to make a move last, last offseason. So. Oh, I, I don't yeah. think it's been a disaster by any no, stretch. My, no. my point is the moves that he is able to make mm-hmm. are under a certain scope. Right. Like you don't, you know, he can't go and acquire a $7 million first-line center. Yep. Can't do that. Yep. The biggest mistakes they've made, um, I would say, are that they, they took Elias Lindholm with the number five pick in his draft year. The number six pick was Sean Monaghan. Like that is yep. a big miss. Yep. Because Lindholm doesn't want to play center. He, he views himself as a winger, and that's great. Except they viewed or they drafted him as a franchise center. Calgary got a number one center in yeah. Sean Monahan. That was a myth. Um, the other one um, I would say would be, and this is the same line along the drafting line, mm-hmm. is that they drafted Noah Hannafin, and Noah Hannafin's a really good player. Yeah. Number five, I think. Five, four. At five, five, yeah, five, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's not Zach Warinsky. Yep. And and the people that you know were around that program at the time, mm-hmm. um, they told me that that was the case. They said people are looking at Hannafin, but he's not the player Warinsky is. Right. And if you look at that draft, there were a couple players that they could have gone in a different direction. And what they got is a very solid player, but yep. not a spectacular one. Right. And they might have. So in just in those two moves, those are a couple that haven't worked out very well for them. You know, they've they've got some really good players. Sebastian Ajo is a hell of a player, terrific player. Um, you know, they traded for Table Teravine and from Chicago. Yeah, I would say that was great. Yeah. They've probably relied too much on trying to make deals with Chicago <laughs> as opposed to anybody else. They kind of have, huh? You're right. You're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And so now Carolina is going to, now they're going to search for a new GM. And, um, you know, it doesn't, no matter how they sell this move, you're right. It does seem like an, a demotion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, you'd like to see Ron with a chance with a, with a checkbook, but anytime an owner changes or the, the guy above you changes, he wants to bring in his own people, right? It's a, it's seen it done a hundred times. And, and we'll see it happen a hundred more. Right. Like that's just, <clears throat> right. That's the owner's prerogative. He wants to spend a couple hundred million dollars or whatever it was to, to buy the team. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's what he's going to do. And, right. and if I were the general manager, or I'm sorry, if I were the owner, I would want to hire my people. I would want, I want, want my people in yeah. charge. Yeah. Now, it would be really interesting to see what type of GM they go ahead and hire. Will they hire an analytics guy? Will they hire... Um, Somebody that's already in the game. Will they hire a 
GM that's been recently fired or will be re- or will be fired in the next little bit. Like it's going to be very interesting. This is the this is the first GM search of this year. Yeah, and so it it will be interesting to see who they lean to. And no coaches fired either for the first time in forever. I think. You know what this is going to look like to me is you know in the NFL the season ends. Yeah. And in the next three days, Black you can't Monday. keep track of who's coaching or who's been fired. Right, right. That's what I think is yeah. is going to happen um, when they get to when they get to the off season. Yeah. Like as soon as playoffs are decided and you know season's yeah. over, oh Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's going to be whack, whack, whack. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I think. The Carolina goaltending situation, like you, you talked about, darling, and you've mentioned it a few times. Good old Cam Ward, nine oh seven save percentage, two seventy GAA, like. He's been all right. He's been okay. Cam Ward, you know, he, they can't get rid of him. They just can't get get away but, from Cam but Ward. Not, but here's the thing. 907 doesn't get it done anymore. No, no, no. And so Cam should be the backup, but they went and signed Ron, or Ron Darling, which was really <laughs> Ron Darling. Because, well, as, as, aside from having a good sinker, he right. can't stop the puck. Exactly. Um, and so they signed Scott yeah. Darling to four years and 16 million bucks. And, man, it's been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. I think if you had told Ron that, hey, you're, we're going to get 270 uh, goals against and 907 out of Cam Ward, he'd be like, sweet, cool, hopefully that's in like 20 games. You know, that's, we'll take that for 20 games. <laughs> yeah, not what he's doing now. Right. Um, all right, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens there. Are you going to be in the running, Ray, to go home to, to the whale? That's not home, and the answer is no. <laughs> um, all right, next, next thing I want to talk to you about was, uh, again, like I mentioned, you were in Las Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights, your first time in yep. Vegas calling the game. Um, and we, we went out for lunch. It was a nice lunch. My wife enjoyed it as well. Um, of course, I had to get you back for, for 20 radio hits before the, before the game starts, which is yeah. your life, right? That's your life. Um, what would you think? Okay, first of all, never mind the game. What would you think of the, the atmosphere, the arena? I told you you were going to be surprised. Uh, what would you think? Well, the arena is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, when I walked in in the morning, I couldn't believe how close the seats are to the arena. Like how yeah. you know how steep everything is. It makes a it makes a great view. No matter where you walked in the rink, you felt like you were pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, I went upstairs and you know to get ready for the game because I didn't do it from ice level. And Shane Knighty took me around. Uh, Shane is doing the you know is the color mm-hmm. analyst for the for the Golden Knights. For those that don't know, and he took me around to the uh, that bar up at the end. Uh, oh yeah, that, up top there, yeah, uh, yep, yeah. It's a full, it's a full bar. Yeah, and I was like, man, I don't even know if these people watch the game, but what a great idea, <laughs> right? Like you can go yeah. in there, you're yeah. having fun, you look out at the game, and yeah. then there are those two triangle sort of platforms. Yep, yep. That you can't see the whole rink from. Right. They were full. Yep. I've never been because up there, but uh, yeah, I've never well, been up there. Two bars, yeah. Basically, no, I know two bars, and so I'm like, man, they. In a in a cool way, they have found a way to get people to to come to the rink to be interested. Hey, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll come to another game. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's what really struck out uh, or stood out for me. As for the game itself, it would have been louder if you know. And and, and I know it would have been more uh, a more engaged crowd if Vegas didn't stink again. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them <laughs> twice this year. Yeah, they sucked sucked in Minnesota at the end of a road trip. And they were brutal in losing to Ottawa at home. And, I, and all I can think of is, how the hell did they win 41 games? Because <laughs> the two times I watched them, they were brutal. Now, they got six guys out of the lineup. 
but yeah. my my feeling on them is like it's a it's been an amazing story, and I think they're going to get knocked out in the first round. Yeah, you've said that. Yeah, yeah. I just I just they've got no playoff experience certainly as a group. Um, you know, William Carlson is going to get checked closer and closer and closer. That top line with Riley Smith and Jonathan Jonathan Marshall, that's a dangerous line. But, man, they are never going to get uh, an easy matchup. They're going to get the best defense pair. They're going to get the best checking line or the top line of the other team in a playoff series, and it's going to be hard for them. And so I'm I'm curious uh, how they'll do, but my gut tells me that they're, you know, they're going to lose in yeah. the first round. Yeah. They, uh, uh, going back to the arena, our seats are by the uh, half season seats are by the face off dot, but we've, because we're, my wife's so much into it, we've gone to a ton of other games anywhere in the lower bowl is fantastic viewing anywhere in the lower bowl is great. Like you said, they're, they're, they're steep pitch and they're on top of everybody. So I like the color of the seats, yeah. the dark seats, I think really work. They look good. Like there's, there's yeah. nothing not to be impressed yeah. with. I was blown away, though, when you walk from the strip towards the rink, uh-huh. how small the rink is. Because <laughs> it's next it to New York, like a, New York, and next to Monte Carlo. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a dot. Right. And, you're, and then you get there, and you're like, whoa, it's, yeah. it's an actual rink. Like, it's a big rink. Yeah. But, man, it looks small. But it's, um, I, don't, I don't imagine Vegas is going to have too much trouble uh, uh, interesting free agents. No. That's for sure. I really thought they were going to dummy Ottawa. But... Ottawa played good. Give him some credit. You know, um, Carlson was well, great. Bobby then, Ryan scored. Then, yeah. then the next night, Ottawa went in and pooped the bed in Arizona and lost two one. Then they went into Dallas and won an and one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dallas, by the way, there's another team that I'm like, I am not sold on them. They they were lucky to get to overtime. Like Ben and Sagan were of no no danger in that game. Sagan actually scored two goals. And outside of the two shots, you would have never noticed them. And and so, I think, I think that's a team that's that's not quite ready to compete yet. Yeah, yeah, they they're they're exciting to watch. Whenever I turn them on, they're really exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm all for exciting, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's quite there yet for them. They've still got a couple of changes to go. Uh, their defense needs to be a little stronger, I would say. Um, but I, I don't, you know, they signed Ben Bishop, and Bishop's been either great or terrible. Yeah. And he got hurt the other night, and so I don't know how long he's out for. But uh, they just, I don't know, it just seems like it's, it's not quite there yet for them. Pretty amazing William Carlson's got 35 goals, huh? 35 goals. Jeez. No, it's really amazing. It's not a little amazing. <laughs> right, or, you right. know, it's crazy amazing. He scored six goals last year. I know. I, I you think, know, so 15 goals in the last two years for him. And, uh, you know, I'm reading now, oh, yeah, but he was never given the opportunity. That's great. Say he would have gotten the opportunity, he would have got 15 goals. Right. Yeah, exactly. double, double, his, double his six and add a little more if you want. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I'm curious what this contract will be for him mm-hmm. because he's going to go from a little bit to a lot. But how lot? No, and how long? You know, so because yeah. I know if I'm Vegas, I'm saying, yeah, but two years ago you got six goals, and, they, yep. and if I'm William Carlson, I said, yeah, but I got 35 right now. I'm going to end up with 40 and, probably. And so yeah. now is yeah. he a 35 goal scorer, or is right. he a 23 goal scorer? Remember, or is he 17? Remember your favorite you know? saying in, in almost every pod, Ray. 
<laughs> like it's, it's not your regular. You're not a regular forty goal scorer. You you're got a 40 forty once. Guy. Right. Yep. <laughs> Just because you do it once doesn't mean you know yep. you can build a fence, and that means you're a carpenter. Right. Or it doesn't mean you're doesn't a mean you're a carpenter. It means yeah, you built a fence. <laughs> now there's some, you know, there's some other things. You, you, never mind. Yeah, he's. It's, a, it's an, he, you know, like I just think he's. I'm. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think he's had an amazing year, and I think yeah. he's a really good young player. But he's 25, and does that mean he's? What? Yeah. Like I, I don't uh, yeah, know, and yeah. so that would be an interesting negotiation. I think. Uh, getting to the Senators, uh, did you get any sense of? Eric Carlson information, what's going on, what you think? Do you talk to any? No. No, no, no. nobody. What I, what I sense is that is a dreary <laughs> place right now. Yeah. Did and you that, see the Melnick out and, sign? The, the, there's a fan in yeah, Vegas that had Melnick. I don't out. know if you saw the pictures today. Oh, I did. Doing yes. their team pictures. Yes, I did. And <laughs> they all look like they're sucking on lemons. And right. Now, maybe, maybe the team photo thing was – it was taking a long time and guys were bored or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Can't read yeah. too much into a picture, yeah. but it's not, nobody's having a lot of fun there. That's, no, that's no. what I picked up. No, but I am going to tell you one of my favorite team picture stories. Okay, please. So we're in, we're in Hartford and Jack Evans is our coach and Jack had a pretty good belly on him. So he's sitting in the front row and the cameraman is getting everybody situated, you know, and he's talking as he's, doing things. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, Hey, can you, uh, in the back left, can you move closer? Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, guys. Can you, Hey, you in the middle, can you, uh, squeeze up a little bit to your right? Uh, coach, can you do up your jacket? Uh, and then he's like, goalies, get your gloves on your knees. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, Hey coach, can you get up your jacket? And, uh, uh you in the back, right. Can you move, uh-huh. um, you know, can you move out to the right? Uh, coach, can <laughs> coach. you do up your jacket? <laughs> and finally, Jack Evans goes, if I could do up my jacket, I'd do it up. I heard you the first goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just cracked up. And so the guy took the picture and Jack's jacket's open. Yeah. 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 You don't want to, you don't want to read too much into that sense thing. Um, because you're exactly right. Like who knows the moment in time he's looking down, you know, it's not like, he's, right. Yeah. But, but it is funny. It was funny. Um, I mean, given all that's going on, you're like, oh boy, that yeah, looked, that looks kind of no. grumpy, doesn't it? Hey, I saw twice in the game. I was watching him closely. I saw twice in the game, he baited Vegas guys to make a pass, and they they did, and then he just put a stick down and grabbed it. Yeah, it, and then he it, inter- and then he interrupts it, and off he goes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. He would have his stick down, and he would move it. And he's like, "You got the pass, like, like here you go, like you you don't see my stick in the air." Vegas guy quickly looks, tries to send it across. He goes, "Bam!" Gets it, goes. It's great. Well, it was great. He defends. I don't know of another defenseman in the league that defends going forward <laughs> as much as him. Right, right. You know, like he doesn't want to skate backwards unless he has to. Yeah. And he is a he's a really dangerous guy. Um, now, when he does do that bait and switch every once in a while, he gets burned. Yeah. But um, he's been much, much better the last, I'd say, 10 or 15 games. Yeah. And uh, in particular, as he's got, I think, as he's gotten healthier, he's become yeah. more dangerous. Yeah, it was just neat to see. He totally suckered these guys in. He's like, yeah, here you go. Yeah. You know. Um, all yeah. right. Hey, uh, moving on from that, I'm glad you had a fun in Vegas. It was a quick trip. Um, did you hit any tables, by the way? Did you hit the- I did. I uh, went in Friday night uh, for 20 minutes. And uh, showed great discipline coming out <laughs> rather significantly ahead. Nice. In Good 20 work. minutes. And I was like, okay, time to go. Time to go. Um, time to go. So I'm looking at the standings the other day and uh, just once a week or a couple times a week, I take a look and see what's going on. And 
what's happened to Calgary? Uh, four in a row. Uh, obviously, uh, Mike Smith is hurt. But every time I looked at highlights, kind of they were winning or doing okay. They were flying. It looked like the, the top line was rolling. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, they're out of a playoff spot. Um, yeah. Well, you've mentioned a couple of things. Um, top line was rolling. Now they're not. Okay. And so their bottom six, you know, their third and fourth mm-hmm. lines, has been a disaster this year for the most part for them. Um, they've tried a couple of young guys that I think are showing a little traction. Mark Jankowski is one of them, a first-round pick from, I think, five years ago. Yeah. Um, but not enough to really make a significant dent. Sam Bennett hasn't really found his footing. Um, whether he's a centerman or a winger, they don't seem to know, but he's been kind of in and out production-wise. So if if Monaghan and Goudreau and Furland don't score for them, then they've got a real problem. Um, Furland got hurt. Then Mike Smith is hurt. So David Riddich, the, the backup goalie mm-hmm. that they called up, he'd been great. But it's funny, you can be great when you're the backup, and then when you're the number one guy, all of a sudden everything feels a little yeah. different. Uh, I don't think he's won. I'm pretty sure he's not won since Smith got hurt. So they called up John Gillies, who's just 22 yeah, or 3. Yeah, he's, he's a prospect, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that's what they have. So the real – there's two – couple things here. They, they didn't trade for another goalie when Smith got hurt. And so their information must have been that he's not going to be that long. Mm-hmm. But it's now been seven or eight games. And they don't have quality NHL goaltending right now. And it's hurt them. Number two is in the summer, they traded a first and a second for Travis Hamanick. And everybody felt that, myself included, that this defense was going to be really super solid. Right. Well, TJ Brody and Travis Hamanick have been a tire fire as a pair this year. It's been terrible. And nobody can quite figure out why, except it just hasn't worked. The biggest well, of the big issues there is that that pick, that draft pick, that top first round pick is not lottery protected. So if, if Calgary misses the playoffs yeah. and they get into the lottery and say they finish, say they get picked like Jersey did last year and they go to two, mm-hmm. Well, Islanders get that draft pick. Yeah. So it's a it's a mess for them. The crazy thing is, um, they look like they should be a better team. Their, they do. Their numbers yeah. and stats tell you they should be a better team. They're just not. Isn't it uh, interesting how we like we could start this podcast with talking about every team's goalie and then just hang up? That'd be the end of it because it is so important, Scott Darling. Mike Smith, like it's just so important. Freddie Anderson, right now, we'll, well get to him. But one of my yeah. one of my buddies, who is uh, uh, an assistant general manager, thinks that they should change the name of the game from hockey to goalie. <laughs> right, National Goalie because League. Nothing yeah. else happens. Yeah. yeah, let's play goalie today. <laughs> it's not far off, man. It's not far off. Yeah, like Mike Mike Smith left the game with one second left. Uh, with and yeah. and I read the the game report. There, they said neither the Smith nor the Flames think this is going to be anything big. And here we are, two weeks later. And in the two weeks, the Flames have gone from a playoff mm-hmm. spot to trouble. I think he's skating again. I, th- I think I saw that on Twitter. He is. Yeah. He, yeah. he skated again. The, the, you know, he has had groin problems in the past. They haven't particularly said what it is, but it's something of that nature. Yeah. So he can't come back too soon because if you do and you get hurt again, then you're out long term. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
you think they get back in? What do you think? I mean, who knows? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. You know, it's they're um, they're they're such an interesting team to you know to try and get your head around what exactly they are. I mean, they're in Buffalo tonight. You'd like to think if you're a Flames fan that they can win there, but you know, Buffalo just beat well, Toronto. We, we like to think the Leaf played, fans. Yeah, Leaf fans also. You know, they've yeah. they've pretty well they've played pretty well even without Jack Eichel. Uh, the last, I think, 12 or 13 games. But they're, you know, Calgary's three, what, three points out. If they win yeah. tonight, they'll be, yeah. they'll be one, but they'll have played two more games than everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I do think they can get in. I, God, I, you look at I their... do, but, I mean, they're not, put it this way, they're not dead. There's, yeah. there's the three teams sitting right outside the playoffs, Colorado, St. Louis, and Calgary, and they're not dead yet. Past that, yeah. I think the rest of you know, Chicago, Edmonton, Vancouver, Anaheim, they're cooked. They're, yeah. they're not yeah. making it. Um, wherever Jay Feaster is, I hope he's happy that Mark Jankowski is playing and playing pretty well. He's been roasted with that draft pick. Uh, and maybe rightly so, I don't know, but, but whatever. At yeah, least they, jumped, yeah. they jumped up so far to take him mm-hmm. that, you know, that there was going to be some flack. He just, you know, he made it. You know, like this was their guy, and yeah, the only, yeah. it could be the only guy. You know, like so. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they took a. It's taken them a long time. Okay, so Florida Panthers next. Uh, they're absolutely on fire right now. Seven, two, and one. Beat the Leafs the other day. And that's my benchmark, by the way, Ray. If you're on fire, if you manage to beat the Leafs, that, that that's the benchmark. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, Florida's on fire right now. They are uh, two points back at Columbus for the last wild card. Read a couple articles uh, about them and, and, and looked into them a little bit. And like I said earlier this year, they're probably the one team I watched the least in the league, uh, just for whatever reasons, no no particular reasons. Um, new coach, uh, Bob Budner, and they're saying that the players are finally buying into his system, Ray, and I found that odd. It's 64 games in for them. Is there anything to that in your mind? Like, does it really take that long? Does it really – I mean, what's been going on? Well, no, it doesn't take that right? long okay. the system. Right. I mean, you're not splitting atoms here. Exactly. You know, the system can't be that different than any other system. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah. You know, like that, yeah. Yeah. that can't happen. Okay. Um, you know, the goalie was hurt. Um, they didn't play particularly well at the start of the year. Barkoff and Uberto had slow starts. They eventually change the lines, and when they change the lines and they move Evgeny Dodonov, um, who was signed as a replacement for Yager, he started mm-hmm. playing with Barkov, and all of a sudden, Barkov's been crazy on fire. Dodonov had an excellent year. Uberdo started to get going a little bit. Vinny Trocek is underrated a player as there is in the league. Luongo's come back healthy, and it's all kind of hit at the same time. What's interesting is now Florida's played themselves right into that that playoff race. Six of their last, six of their next seven games are against teams that are not in the playoffs. So there's a time for, yeah, yeah. Make to hay. make some hay here. Um, uh, Chris Pronger was on. Uh, I think I think the overdrive this week or last week. Uh, he's uh, something in the organization for Florida. Is he director of player development? Yeah, assistant or? general manager, okay. director of player personnel. What's McCabe then? Is McCabe director of player personnel then, or something? Uh, you know, he's in the play. I don't know if he's the director. Okay. Or, yeah, or, something. But right. they're they're all involved in player development. <laughs> Pronger and McCabe teaching the defensemen. 
<laughs> okay, boys, yeah. take your stick. <laughs> um, hey, so he was saying about Alexander Barkov that if he played in Toronto or another market, there would be heart trophy consideration for him. Uh, th- this this dude is that good. Certainly, he's uh, been powering the Panthers 66 points, 63 games. Um, is he right? Barkov's an amazing player. He really is. Um, it would be it would be hard to be less noticed mm-hmm. um, than than the guys are in Florida. I guess maybe if you were in Arizona. Yeah, that's about but, it, right? Yeah, uh, you know. But I mean, Barkov is big and he can skate and he competes hard and he's got a good shot and um, he's he's a fantastic player. Now I don't know if he'd be an MVP candidate quite yeah. yet, right. but he certainly he certainly should be in the Selkie voting. He's, I think he's got half a dozen shorthanded goals. He's as dangerous as anybody in the league when they're a man down. He plays no centers against all the team's top lines. Mm-hmm. He's a he's an all star. He really is. Uh, I watched the the Lightning Panthers last night. Yeah, last night I think. Yeah, it was uh, crazy. It was good game. And and when you seeing uh, Vincent Trocheck underrated. That's exactly what I thought when they showed him on the bench and he had 25. He, he scored and he's got 25 goals. I'm like, Vincent Trocek's got 25 goals. So yeah, he, yeah. now he, he just I think again if Trocek played somewhere else, yeah. you would think of him in a in a different light. Like just think of the publicity the guys in Tampa get compared to the guys in Florida. Yeah, you're right. It's you know like it's yeah. not even close. Yeah. So those guys are just totally anonymous in Florida. And in Tampa, they get, you know, I mean, Vinny Trocek is every bit is the player of Tyler Johnson. And way more people know who Tyler Johnson is. Yeah. It's not even close. If um, if he were playing in a major market, um, you know, people would notice his production. Mm-hmm. They'd notice his ability to skate. He's not dissimilar than Matthew Barzell in the way he scoots around and holds the puck. All right, yeah. By the way, uh, Brock Besser is going to be out for what, six, six weeks, four to six or something, something like that. Yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah, out for the year. So basically, this locks up the the Calder for Barzell. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think it's done. Yeah. I mean, he's been great. He's been. I mean, it's not like Besser. It would have been close anyways. You know, it's not like, not like. Uh, oh, it was going to be close for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't think it will be now. Uh, all right, moving on to my Toronto Maple Leafs. What did you think of those uniforms for the outdoor game? I think they're terrible. <laughs> I agree. I think they're one of the worst. I think they're one of the worst uniforms I've seen. I agree, and I think, and you wore Cooperalls. Yeah, but that was in junior. This is a this is a professional. Oh, did team. you miss the Whalers and Cooperalls? Did you yeah, miss that? Yeah. Okay. They look like they should work for the sanitation department. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. I didn't like them. I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know. I, I oh, did. they're terrible. Like, yeah. They look like yeah. a look like a waiter. Right. Or busboy. I guess the busboy wears the old one. Yeah, white right? busboy. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, maybe maybe that's why they played so shitty. They walked by the mirror and they went, ooh, look at us. <laughs> right. Except the next night in in Buffalo on Monday, they, they also played shitty. So maybe. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. But that's, look, that's going to, I don't know how they stay sharp right now. They're going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they can they end can... up somehow with home ice advantage, but yeah. they're not going anywhere. And. Um, with with Boston having those games in hand, 
You know, you're just yeah. like, oh, boy. Yeah, but now Boston's got no McAvoy for the rest of the yep. regular season, or pretty much, and Bergeron's going to be out for most of it. And mm-hmm. So maybe you could get closer. I don't know. But they look, they look at times like they've fallen asleep. Now, they had a really good run. Yeah. But at some point, no Austin Matthews catches up to you. Yeah. Uh, and again, the National Goalie League, Freddie Anderson, mm-hmm. has not been that sharp. No, he's, he's had back-to-back five-goal games against yeah. him. Um, you know, some people think it's overuse. I think it's when you play that much, there's going to be nights you stink. And he's had a couple of them in a row. I mean, the game in Washington was a little different. The, um, you know, the one before, or rather the, the game in Buffalo was different. The, the game in Washington, um, I didn't think he was very good. The one in Buffalo, like the pucks were bouncing all over the place and ended up in the net. Yeah. Yeah. They, like a bunch of deflections. You're right. Yep. And so, you know, I wouldn't be overly alarmed. What I would be worried about, I guess, is, um, you know, they, they decided not to go out and get a defenseman, and is this defense going to hold up? Like, if Zaitsev continues to, you know, not hit the mark he got last year, do you think he's able to, um, you know, do you think they can be good enough to win a round or two? Mm-hmm. And and I don't know that they can. Yeah. I, I, let's get Austin Matthews back. <laughs> right. Let's get right. him. Back. I mean, he yeah. solves he solves a whole bunch. He does. Of problems. He really does. But the one thing yeah. that I don't think they can win a playoff series giving up forty game, forty shots a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether they're difficult or not. Yep. Eventually, you just get worn down. Yeah, it's been an issue all year. It really has. Yep. Yeah. It has for sure. That's you know Anderson faces more shots than anybody else, and mm-hmm. in the playoffs when guys are a little sharper and they get to the net a little quicker and a little harder. Maybe some of those extra pucks end up in the net. and doesn't take much to change a series. No, not at all. Um, moving on, unless you – do you have any more Leaf talk? I can talk some more Leafs no, if you like. No, or... I'm all Leafed out. <laughs> all right, so – all right, next up, uh, Ray, I think is something that we, uh, we haven't talked enough about. We, it was kind of Boston a few weeks ago where we mentioned that we haven't talked enough about them. And uh, so with a few things that we need to touch on that are really happening around the league that are – you know, maybe surprises. First up, uh, New Jersey Devils, solidly in a wild card spot. 26 straight games for uh, Taylor Hall uh, at, getting a point, which is nuts. And Nashville as well. Nashville is rolling, of course, right now. Uh, let's start with Jersey. I feel like, uh, first of all, they're playing really well, like I said, but I feel like there's so much, like, everybody loves to pile on the Oilers, and they traded Adam Morrison, of course, for Hall, and but I, I just don't think you can be like, oh, look, Oilers, look, like you really screwed this one. Like, look at him now. Because I don't think he's doing that in Edmonton. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, what's your thoughts on Devils and this streak of Taylor Hall's? Well, so start with the Devils. You know, they, when they hired Ray Shiro, he brought his, his assistant was Tom Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And so they came from Pittsburgh. And one thing they, you know, they brought with them is a, a vision, an image of what they wanted their team to look like, which was much faster, much more skilled, um, you know, kind of play like the Penguins do. Well, they don't have Sidney Crosby, but, you know, same sort of thing. So that's how they've drafted their players. That's how they've signed free agents. Uh, they made the Larson for Hall trade. I mean, Taylor's as explosive a skater as there is in the league. And, you know, gradually – They've turned that entire roster over, and they are fast, and they are aggressive, and they do score. It's not the Devils from the no. mid-'90s that we remember. You know, this is, a, this is a different team. So 
the changeover there is is stark, and it's pretty easy to put a point on when it started. Um, as for Taylor Hall, um, you know, you're a number one pick. The team has sucked forever. <laughs> There's so much pressure on you. And then as things don't go well and you keep missing the playoffs, there's more pressure on you, and it almost gets to a point of diminishing return. You could see the frustration just oozing out of every pore. So he gets traded. And now Edmonton needed a defenseman. I thought there should have been a bigger return for Taylor Hall Mm -hmm. at the time. They felt this was, you know, this was the best deal they could get. Yep. Um, Larson is a completely different player. You couldn't find <laughs> players right. much more different True. traded for each yeah. other. Yeah. And so Hall kind of skulked around a little bit and dragged his feet last year. In this past summer, uh, Ray Shiro had a meeting with him and basically said, okay, the morning period's over. That's finished. It's time to get to work now. You know, you're a devil. You don't have any. Yeah. You're not an oiler. Yeah. Um, John Hines, the coach. Um, flew to Toronto where Taylor lives in the summer and they had a meeting about his usage and the way that they, he expected him to play. And he's come and he's, you know, he's not a speech guy, but he's, he's a leader by the way he's played. Mm-hmm. And he's had an amazing year. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about Barkov. Barkov and Taylor Hall should be in the MVP finalists. If you're doing it right now, mm-hmm. yeah. who could be more valuable to their team really or much more valuable than these two guys have been to their team. I don't, I need to look right now, but I think Taylor Hall has a huge lead in points on his on the Devils over the next guy. I don't have the stats in front of me. Oh, but, it's not even yeah, close. it's not even close. Um, so do you? But do you uh, do you agree with me about sort of crapping on the Oilers? Like I don't think Taylor Hall has you know seventy four points in a twenty six point streak, and he just needed to get out of there. Like I know people well, love. What if he was playing with Connor McDavid? Uh, they tried that. It didn't really work, right? For a year. Well, I don't know. They they tried it when Connor was eighteen. Yeah. You know, I uh, oh. I like to think that you can make talent work. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he would have had to play with Drysital. Oh, gee, would that have worked? Maybe. Yeah. My yeah, point is, yeah, they yeah. didn't get a big enough return for him. Yeah. You can. If you're in Edmonton, you can try and defend that trade as much as you want. And I, and I totally understand what they were trying to do. Right. But the NHL is about speed. It's about ability to play with high skill at a high pace. Adam Larson is a throwback. Yeah. yeah he plays a different game. And so it was, you know, they were looking for something completely different. They got it. Now you look at their team and their wingers don't score. Taylor yeah, true. Hall yeah. and Jordan Eberle, right. by the way, the two of them yep. might be able to help. Now you can I'm with you. You can say, hey, they went somewhere else and they, they hit pay dirt. Yeah. They 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 were freed up and they played much better. But the Oilers had them. Now they don't. Yeah. Now they're looking for players like them. Yeah, Eberle's a different deal. That was so sort of salary dump. I get that. You know, that was but the hall Yeah, that's yeah. fine, but yeah. but you've you know, you, you trade Eberle, and now you're looking for a player like Eberle. Yep. It might boil down so to... They, yeah. they, they put themselves in their own cap jail because mm-hmm. they overpaid Leon Dreisaitl. They didn't have to pay him $8.5 million. Where the hell was he going to go? Yeah. Was he yeah, going to quit? Yeah, he's restricted. Right, yeah. So you could have you offered him six five, maybe got him at seven, save a million and a half a year. Mm-hmm. They're going to play their top two players next year, $21 million. 
I know the cap's going up, but $21 million for Dreisaitl and McDavid, yeah. and they didn't have to do that. Well, it actually smacks of, getting talking more about the Oilers, it smacks of what McTavish did with those Hall, R&H, and Eberle, where they all were 6.6 for eight years or seven years uh, or whatever I think it, was. it was. I think it was six flat okay. for all of them. Yeah. And they were like six years. I think Eberle and Hall were six for six, and Nugent Hopkins was six for five. Yeah. And it was like, why? Why would you do that? And they were coming out of their entry-level deals. They didn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, and then so now Nashville, 95 points for Nashville. They're 9-1 in their last 10. Um, You mentioned that you wanted to talk about them. I didn't even have them as far as, like, my bad. Like, you're right. They're absolutely rolling right now. I think they're the league's best team. They've got as good a defense as anyone. They can score. They can skate. They got good size. They got an excellent goaltender who's playing extremely well in Pekka Rene. I think Rene's got to be in the Vezina Trophy uh, conversation now. I think Connor Hellebuck from Winnipeg should be in that conversation as well. But um, I, I know I know other teams are in the neighborhood points wise. I, I think Tampa's got more right now. Yeah, one more. But there's nobody better than Nashville. If the playoffs were starting right at this minute, and they're not, yep. I would rank Nashville first. I, I think they're they are going to be a bear in the playoffs. Yeah, they're determined to get back, right? Like they made some moves, and Mike Fisher came back. So, yeah, yeah, they yep. they are they've been aggressive mm-hmm. in trying to fill the holes uh, on their team, and um, I, I think they're. I just think they're really good. You look at their lineup and how they can spread it around and mm-hmm. you know balance it out, and I'm like, that's just a good team. Yeah, I'd like to go see a game there. I've never never been there. Outstanding. Love to. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Right, and a great city, great city. If you can't if you can't um, have fun in Nashville, yeah, right. when you go to the airport, dig yourself a hole and crawl in it. <laughs> um. All right, uh, moving on from that, we'll get we, we'll get to some Twitter questions. Uh, Paul Pocky podcast with uh, the great Ray Ferraro happening right now with such a limited time in which to enjoy your watercraft. Don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect your property. Let Wyatt Dowling ensure you are properly covered. All risk agreed value protection. All points marine. Uh, water ski, wakeboard liability, three-year new model replacement, uh, winterization, freezing, and all that going on, emergency towing, loss of use, all covered with the All Points uh, package at allpointsinsurance.ca. Wyatt Dowling, you got a boat, Ray? Should we get you an insurance package? I uh, used to, and now I don't live near the lake or near the water anymore, so having a boat would be... Yeah. Well, I guess I live in Vancouver, but no, I don't have a boat. I'm not a boater. I, uh, what I found was nobody parked a boat worse than me. <laughs> Like I suck. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrible, and so I'm like I. It's an I. I feel this stress as we'd pull up to somebody's wharf or dock, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Damn, I don't want to run into it. I stink." Yeah, yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever driven a boat. Honestly, I don't think I ever have ever in my life driven a boat. It's fun. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I can see why people just love it. Right. I just couldn't park a damn thing. Ridden a jet ski a bunch, but never a boat. Okay. So, anyways, thanks to those guys for coming on, and thanks to you people for supporting the show. Um, do you think, Ray, in your opinion, can you be nominated or win a Hart Trophy if your team does not make the playoffs? Where do you stand on that debate? Oh, if, if you're going to win the Hart mm-hmm. on a team out of the playoffs, you have to be so far and away the best player 
that yep. you know it, it becomes an impossibility to ignore your season. Yeah. But if you if, it, if, if it's if close, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. If you're the leading scorer by four or five points, I, no, I don't think so. Not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of debate about. And that. I have a vote, and I have a vote. So, I, um, you know, that would be that would be one way I would look at that. Huh. Okay. Very well. All right, let's get to some questions uh, on Paul Pocky Twitter. Uh, you can always feel free to send them. Don't send them to Beret. He's much too busy. He gets too many responses, too many people ripping into him. I, yeah. yeah, I don't. No, I just, I, I like it this way. Then this way we can, because I can't sit there on Twitter and answer 100 questions. I don't have time. Right. This, this, you, we pick them, we answer them, we move on to the next yeah. one. Right. I, like, I think this works. Okay, perfect. Uh, from Colin Hope. Uh, Ray, what is more beneficial to developing players? Playing on a team with lots of internal competition and earning your ice time or giving young guys lots of ice time and allowing them to make mistakes? Do you see teams with different views on this also? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, some play, some teams think you've got to go to the American League and play, mm-hmm. earn your way up, uh, get some experience before you come to the NHL. Um, some teams, bad teams, because the yeah. points don't quite matter so much, you're more likely to put younger players in earlier. Um, I don't think there's one specific way, yeah. but there's, it's not just about the player. It's also about the salary cap. If you get a guy into the league early at 20, then at 23, he's at the end of his entry-level contract. And now you've got to make a decision. How much are you paying him out of his entry level? If you hold him in the American League and let him play a year and develop, then he comes out of his entry level at 24. Mm-hmm. So you buy another year um, to see exactly what you have in the player. Um, be, or sorry, he doesn't come out at 24. Still comes out at 23, but he's got less of a less of a case built mm-hmm. to to try and bargain with. Inter- yeah, so, so unless, yeah, it's, it's, unless he's a stud, yep. I think you've got to. I think you've got to go. I'm a. I think slow better than fast. More more often, kids will come fast to the league, mm-hmm. flame out, and they never find find a game again. I don't know of any player that was held too long out of the yeah. league that has never made it. I've heard you say a few times too on this show in different places too. Like if you have a skilled guy, you throw him out there on a fourth line with a couple of pluggers, and he doesn't score in seven minutes or ten minutes of ice, and then you go, ah, this kid's no good, and you're like, huh? What? Yeah, and, and more <laughs> importantly, he thinks he's no good. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so then his confidence is shot, and he's playing with guys that can't score, and he's he feels like he's never going to score again. Yeah. Uh, from Mike DeCobb, Ray, was there a particular year or two in which you thought you were going to get moved to the trade deadline and didn't? How anxious were you beforehand? Um, I would say the the year I felt most an- <clears throat> excuse me most anxious. Um, I was in L.A. one year. Mm-hmm. And we knew, because they kind of told us, either myself, Kevin Stevens, or Eddie Olchek was going to get traded. And we, were, we went to practice, and we're like, we, as we were leaving, we're like, okay, good luck. You know? <laughs> and Eddie got traded to Pittsburgh. And so I was nervous that year. Like, I thought, yeah, I could, I could get moved. There were some years I wanted to get moved and didn't. <laughs> right. um, you know, because I thought, like, oh, you know, I'm kind of out of road here. and. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't get moved, and it turns out better anyway. Yeah, you're like, I really don't. But like... it's a really unsettling time. I bet you're like, I really don't like this Rick Lee guy. <laughs> like, yeah, that. Well, <laughs> he did. I never got far enough with him. Yeah. Um, before you know, I got through one year, and then into the next year, and that was it. 
Um, that's interesting, though. So they pulled each one of you aside or all at once? or how, or no, they kind of Larry Robinson was our coach, and he uh-huh. said, look, we're going we're gonna to move one of, the vet, one of you veteran guys tomorrow at least. And so we just wow, okay. were like, okay. Wow, Larry. You know, he was just being – he was yeah. just being up front, and, yeah. you know, that's kind of Larry's way, and um, I think we appreciated that. And But then we're like, man, who do you think? Is it you? Is it, you know? <laughs> Edzo. It was, Edzo. Yeah, and it was Edzo, and <laughs> off he went. Right. Um, all right, next question from uh, Lor- at Lauren47. I'd be interested to know what drives elite athletes, the desire to win or the fear, hatred of losing. I have heard the Bulls, great Jordan, Michael Jordan, talk about how much he really hated losing. And that's what drove him to succeed. What about you, Ray? Um, myself, I just want uh, – no, I was wanting to win. Yeah. I wanted to win. Yeah. I want to win at everything. Right, right. And, um, you know, I think it's such a fine line to define. Like, does that mean you hate losing or you want to win? Well, mm-hmm. of course I hate yeah. losing if I love winning that much. Um, I think with a lot of guys, it's the desire to just be the best you can be. Like to be, yeah. I want to be the best player I can be. I want to be, um, I want to play as long as I can. I want a chance to win. I want, uh, you know, I want, I want, I want. You become, you become a, uh, an NHL player because you're never really satisfied. And I, I think that's what it was with me is no matter what I did, I always felt oh, there's another gear here. Mm-hmm. I can get to another place. I, I want to win. And, you know, unfortunately, we never, we never won. But, you know, I felt like in a lot of years, if, you know, if I'd had a good year, okay, maybe I could put another one together. If I had a crappy year, I'm like, I can rebound from this. Right. I can tell by how many times you talk about how great the conference finals were with the Isles, um, oh. that, that you loved it. You loved everything about that run. You know? I, I love that, you know, you get to – like, this will sound goofy, but I loved being at the front of the line as a winner to shake hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, there's such <laughs> satisfaction in that that yeah. you're looking across the aisle at some guy or across the line at some guy that your team has just beat his, and you know he's done everything he can to beat you. Yeah. But you found a way to win. And then here we are, you're like, I remember getting into the conference finals and thinking, man, we are four wins away from the Stanley Cup finals. Right. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, like, how did we get here? It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Uh, and then I guess the flip side is guys who get a couple goals in a 6-2 loss, and they're stoked. And you're like, really? Uh, there's, there's always guys like that. Yeah. There's, yeah. You know, where they're – see, the, the thing I will say about that, Steve, is mm-hmm. to – you know, you hear, oh, you know, so-and-so is a selfish player. All he cares about is his goals. Well, if that's all you do, like if you're a goal scorer and you never kill penalties, yep. it's hard not to be selfish because if you don't score, you don't have a job. Mm-hmm. They're going to find somebody else to not score. Yeah, Brett so, Hall was pretty famous for that, right? Brett Hall was like... Well, yeah. but yeah. anybody that scored, I remember like we'd win a game 6-2 if I didn't have a goal or any points. Uh-huh. You know, I was... You know, I felt out of the mix here. Sure. I was like, man, this sucks. Like, everybody else scored. I didn't. I'm supposed to score. Supposed to score. Right. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Christian, uh, at Christian W1707, which team, Ray, is going to have the biggest bounce back next year? So we got Buffalo and Arizona and, I mean, Rangers and Canucks. A lot of teams are not having stellar years. Is there somebody? <laughs> well, I, th- I, think, I think the Rangers can – 
or, you know, they could be poised to have a, a pretty good year. Um, I think a lot of their, the moves that they've made um, will pay some dividends for them. They'll be younger and they'll be faster. Now, whether it all comes together next year or not, I don't know, but mm-hmm. they could be. I could see Montreal being better. Can you? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you, yeah. You, you, now, depending on what Shea Weber's injury is, depending on what uh, Carey Price comes back with, I mean, those are those are major, major question marks for the Canadian. But if those are okay, um, I think they've got enough young guys that have some talent that they'll be they'll be better than next. They'll be better than this year, which is pretty low bar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all being said. Um, but I, you know, for like if Vancouver's better, that's not a rebound. They've sucked three years in a row. Sure. Like Buffalo's missed the playoffs seven straight years. That's not a rebound. That's, yeah. They're just getting better. Yeah. What about what about the oil? Can't be this bad next year, can it? Uh, I don't think so. But <laughs> you know, like Cam Talbot can't is got to play better. I don't well, know, but they got to find another guy to play with them. Yeah, they played him seventy-five times last year. Yeah. Jamie McLennan said last year, he said he was concerned. He wasn't concerned about Talbot last year. He's concerned about Talbot the following year, which is this year. He felt that the toll of playing all those games would be, yeah. you know, would be now, and he was one hundred percent right. Sure, one hundred percent right. Uh, from Joel Yinger, uh, do you think Nathan McKinnon's play this year is a true indication of where he's at as a player, or will he fall back down uh, to earth next no. year? No, I don't, I don't think he'll fall back down. I think it it is an indication, and when I was talking about the MVP, he's in it too. Yeah, he's, you know, like he's a, been good. Yeah. He, he's having an amazing year, and this stretch, or stretch that he's on now is ridiculous. I, I talked to... Uh, a couple of guys in Dallas, and they were saying like the speed that he carries the puck at, and how fast he's moving it with his hands. There's not, there's not three or four other guys in the league that do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, so yeah. he's been, he's had an amazing year. Yeah, he's he's a great skater, man. Man, does he go fast, like you said. Uh, from Albert Pascuzzi, uh, I was in an elevator at the Canucks game uh, with in came Louis Erickson with uh, I assume his family. Just curious, are injured players required to come to home games? Because Louis yep. Louis didn't acknowledge any of us fans. It looked like he'd rather be anywhere other than there. Um, yeah, I'm sure he got into the elevator and he's like, "Oh God, I don't want to talk to any of these people." <laughs> look at this, Albert. Ask me. Yeah, there's nowhere for the conversation. To go. Right, right. Um, but yes, you do have to go. Okay, and you want to go too because you're still part of the team, mm-hmm. even though you're not playing now. Some guys bring their families, and the families sit in the stands, or the kids go play in the wise room and you know play ball hockey and all that stuff. Um, other guys just come and do are, what they need to do, and then they leave. Are you? Like you've got to you've got to report in and get checked out by the medical staff, and then you're probably free to go. Are you watching press box? Or are you watching from the trainer's room? Where are you watching from? Obviously, it sounds like Louie uh, was in the press box. I'd here. move. I'd move around. Um, Probably, I mean, the guy's got such a great lounge now. I'd probably yeah. watch most of it there. But I, I think I would like to watch it more live. Yeah. And so I'd go up. But after a while, if you're out three weeks, you're probably like, uh, I'd rather just sit on the couch anyway. I did a, I did a podcast when, before you were on with Sean Pronger, and he talked about life as a healthy scratch, which he was. And mm-hmm. it, it sounded so bizarre to me, Ray. Like he, he said his whole goal is to not be seen. Like you kind of got to duck in and out. You, you know, you kind of get the word you're not playing. You, you go up in the stands. You go in the trainer's room. Like, 
you're you're part of the team, but you're not. I'm like, are you in the room in between intermissions? He's like, oh no, hell no, you know. No, and you don't really want to be around because yeah. you feel like you're in the way. That's what he said. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I got I went through one stretch there with with Rick Lee as the coach in Hartford, and I was healthy scratched quite a bit. And you're like, you want to be anywhere but where you are. Yeah. You know, like you guys come in after a game, like they're all tired and beat up and you come in in a suit. Like they don't want to talk to you. I had no idea. You know, I like this. I seriously, would, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, you're uh, the old line. If you're, if you're in, you're in. And if you're not in, you are out. <laughs> so what if you're, what if you want to grab a hot dog or something up in the press box or whatever? Like, how do you do that? Well, just go get it. Okay. Nobody, nobody will check I on mean, you? Oh, yeah. Nobody cares? Well, now, I mean, people would notice, and yeah. so you'd probably have to be more discreet. Right. Or you'd, you know, or you, yeah. if you want a hot dog, you can go find one. The rink's big. You can, okay. you can find your way into a hot dog <laughs> if you really want one. Okay. Tyler Noble says, uh, I don't want to hear this story, by the way. Uh, craziest travel story, either as a player or a broadcaster, aside from being late for a broadcast at MSG a few years ago. You were late yeah. for a broadcast? Yeah, we had a game in Boston the night before, Chris Cuthbert and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a snowstorm. And so our flight at 9 o'clock got moved to 10, to 11. To... So finally it gets to be like 1 o'clock, and we're supposed to leave at 2. And we're like, man, we got to make a decision here. Like, if that 1 o'clock flight doesn't go, yeah. we're going to be close to missing the game. So we ended up, we got an SUV to drive us from Boston to New York. And so now we're going to be close. We're, well, actually, we're driving, trying to catch the train. <laughs> and if we can get to the train, we'll be good because the train goes right into Penn Station, which is where MSG is. So we keep missing it by a couple of minutes <laughs> on each stop. <laughs> it's not like, we can't get it. It's right. like we're chasing a carrot. And so eventually we drive, and it looks like we're going to make it. And then all of a sudden we're turning, and Cuthbert says, hey, the city's back there. <laughs> so the guy made the wrong turn. We ended up in New Jersey. Oh, boy. Across By the, the tunnel. By the time we yeah. turned around, the game was already started. So we got to the rink, and as we were running through the concourse, the horn goes off. The Rangers had scored again. It was 2 nothing. We got there with like eight minutes left in the first period. It was 2 nothing. What did they do? They just didn't. So they phoned Gord Miller, and whoever was working in the studio that night, and they had they basically called it off a of television, <laughs> and then I did not know this. That's great. And then they were finished, and then right. we took over. So we did the game in jeans, and just it was yeah. very relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Now I'll give you another story. This is one of my favorite travel stories. Yeah. So in Atlanta, we called our plane the trash can. Uh huh. And it was an older plane, and the reason we called it the trash can was the first flight we were on. As we get up there, it's in exhibition. There, there's a whole bunch of tools underneath the wing of the plane. <laughs> and they're working on something. And we're like, I know they do maintenance, but we never really want to see them do maintenance. You know, they're yeah, like, look yeah, at this yeah. thing. They're just like bolting it together as we're getting on. So anyway, the year goes on, and the trash can is just an average plane anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're in Toronto. We play. We win, and which is a rarity. Mm-hmm. And there is a snowstorm, so we can't leave after. So the next day, we have to, um, we have to go back to the charter airport mm-hmm. and leave. Yep. But in the meantime, they had to do some maintenance on the plane, which was not a surprise. <laughs> exactly. So 
We're sitting in the charter side of the airport. There's these big windows, and there's a guy probably in his late 50s, and he's shoveling the walkway out to the plane. Mm-hmm. So our pilot, who we called Striker from oh, Air, you know, the movie Airplane. Oh, same pilot? Would, same pilot all the time? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, same pilot. Oh, okay. yep. yep, Striker. So, <laughs> so Striker would come out. His tie would always be loosened off. And, you know, so we called him Striker. He loved it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So Stryker's got to fire up the plane, and he's going to take it for a drive to make sure that whatever they fixed is good. Okay. Like he's just going to, you know, spin it around. Sure, I don't know. right. Like on the ground, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he, take, he takes the plane, we're watching him, and he gets so, so close to the guy shoveling the snow, he blows him off his feet. <laughs> and he lands in a snowbank. And you watch this. You saw this live. We are we are in <laughs> bloody tears. This guy gets out of the snowbank, and he looks like a kid that's just jumped into the snow, right? He's got right, snow everywhere. Right, right. And he throws the shovel down, and he comes in, and he goes, I forget the number of years, but something like, I've been at this airport 20 years. I've never had an idiot drive that close to the terminal. Striker. And we... We were like, Striker, that's our man. <laughs> that's our guy. Dude, oh, can you imagine getting blown oh, by the turbines? It's just, like, it just like he was gone. And we're like, he got out of the snowbank. And I'm telling you, you know when you know you shouldn't be laughing? Yeah. And somebody giggles. Right, right. And you're like a bunch of 10-year-olds all of a sudden. It was awesome. It was one of my favorite travel <laughs> stories. I thought you were going to end with Audrey's backed his truck into the plane. Oh, no, that was a different right, trip. Right. That was a different one. Right, right. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Couple more. Raise random NHLers. You get to pick, Ray. Uh, Yannick Perot or Ulf Dahlin? You pick. Uh, Yannick Perot because I played with Yann. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. Yep. Super nice guy. Yann had the – he had these – when he'd walk out to the ice, he was so pigeon-toed. <laughs> so, like, his feet yeah. – like, you know, it would be like one foot would be pointing at the two and one point paint pointing kind of at the 11. Yeah. And so we'd walk and we'd be like, yeah, and what the hell's wrong with your feet? And he's ah, just the way I walk, just the way I walk. Right. right? And so nothing bothered Yannick. He was like, I don't know if he ever got excited. I don't know if he ever got mad. <laughs> he was just like the same all the time. Uh, and he could really shoot. Yeah. Right. Yep. He could really oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was awesome at at face-offs. And yep. so we did a big draw, and they'd put Yan out. We'd watch him go out. And there, he, you know, he'd have his like his crooked feet, mm-hmm. and he, he was like, "It's kind of a miracle the guy can skate like he can, because his feet are going in two different directions." Well, that was always his knock was his skating didn't match his hands. You know, his his vision right. and everything. He never else. he yeah. never could quite go fast enough for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody said, "Oh, I wish he was a little faster," but. He played a long time. He could shoot. He was good on the power play. And um, he uh, he traveled with his own pillow to sleep with. <laughs> Just brought his own pillow everywhere he went. I, I guess he didn't like the pillows in the hotel. Yeah, so that was there, it. There's a, there's a little thumbnail sketch of, of Yannick Pearl. I was stoked because he he I, he racked up so many points in the queue. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But he was still only drafted like in the fifth round or sixth round, like a little bit like you. Like so many yeah. points, and and just everyone was like, oh, I guess he can't skate. I don't know, but uh, the Leafs drafted him, and uh, I was always yeah. I was he always summoned there, and then he came to L.A. and then, yeah. um, uh, where else did he play? I think he might have ended up in in Montreal. Oh. He played yeah. a bit in Chicago. Yeah, he he went to, he went to a few places. Yep. So yeah, 
Now, you actually, for not having very many good ideas, you had a really good one about opening up a pack of hockey cards yeah. and just asking me. I think we need to do this for one show. Well, I, I agree. I have, so I don't know if I want to admit this because it's pretty dorky, but I have, like, year-by-year year packs of cards, you know, the whole entire yeah, year. You, you are you are a nerd. That's yeah. Absolutely. So I don't have every single year. I just have a few select years, but – they cover like, – yeah, I'll just bring the cardboard thing of every player that they made a card for, and we will just – Just just pull the card out from a – if I'm playing that year, yeah, just pull the card out and we'll right. talk about the and guy. I, I think you would have something on every single guy. I really do. I think you'd have well, something. I, I, I mean, there'd be – obviously, you'd have way more on some, but – No. Yeah, sure, absolutely. You would have something. Like some random guy that played 30 games, you'd probably be like, yeah, he hit me with a slap shot on the foot. You know, whatever. I remember odd stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Let's absolutely do that. And people seem to, to really enjoy that. So I think that would be fun. Uh, all right, before we go on the Pulp Hockey Podcast, Ray, Red Sox thoughts? We, uh, I've been meaning to ask you. Uh, the Blue Jays picked up Tyler Clipper, another solid reliever. Camp is looking good for Blue Jays. I'm a very. It, it is. It is. Your number one starter's got a sore shoulder. He's fine. He's fine. Um, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> And if and if not, he'll tell you why it's not. Oh, I, I am not a fan. I am not a fan yeah. of Marcus Stroman. Not at all. Um, but JD Martinez got his deal. They held strong. They got him. The Sox look. Uh, damn it, Ray. They look I really good. I think they look good. Yeah. Now, of course, they got to somehow work their way like through that murderer's row in New York. Yeah. Like yeah. what a bloody lineup that is. Yeah. Now the late Tug McGraw had a had a great a great theory. It was called the frozen ice ball theory. Okay. And, and that is when he played a, against or pitched against a really good team. That if he held the ball and never threw it, nothing bad could happen. <laughs> and he thought if he held it long enough, hell would freeze over and the ball would turn to ice and nobody would care. And nobody would be able to play or care. Yeah, sure. And I think that's the way the teams are going to try and pitch the Yankees. You know, I'm just. But I think the Red Sox are going to be really good. I think they are a at least a wild card team. Oh God, yeah, they gotta be. They gotta be. And depending on what type of year David Price has, and it, that might be ha ha, but he finished so strong last yep. year out of the bullpen. Um, can he be 15, 17 wins again? If he can, yeah. um, I think they're pretty good. Uh, it's hard to see Bogarts and and Ben Attendee and Bradley have the well Bogarts and Bra- or Bogarts and Bradley especially it's hard to see them having as without getting better stats this year they're so good yeah. you know um and I don't now, Ben Attendee Ben Attendee's my guy he's, he's my good. yeah I think he's so smooth he reminds me a lot of Fred Lynn yep um who was uh, for those that are too young was <laughs> right. an awesome center fielder in the seventies for the Red Sox and um, went to California and got hurt and never really. Kind of became what people thought he might, but Ben Attendee is slick, man. I, and you know, Mookie Betts is a yeah. stud. And uh, now they got Martinez, and but that adds a little. Give me a uh, pop, pop. Name me Yankees five starters. Like I, I really can't. Like they got one guy whose elbow was held together, uh, Tanaka. Yeah. They got Cece, who's yeah. forty-five years old. Um, I, but, I, but still, how does he do it? By the way. Yeah, he's gotten smarter, right? Like he, he You know what? I've become yeah. more of a fan as he's gotten older. Yeah. I liked when he got thin and he was no good and he right. said, the hell with it, I'm gonna eat again, yeah, exactly. and then he started and he was really good again. Yeah. No, and uh you're right. He, he it's like Bartolo, like they get smarter as they get older, right? They're like, Listen, I don't need to blow this by you. I can uh 
I can figure it out, you know. So, and uh, Bartol- yeah, I, I know, I know it's. I mean, they look like they should win handily, and it never seems to go exactly how yep. the winter looks. Yep. But um, yeah, I, uh, mm-hmm. I just, I think they're too good. Kevin Pillar has made some adjustments in the batting box, and oh, uh, good. <laughs> You're such a Blue Jay hater. Oh, I love it. You're such a the, the more the more people love the Blue Jays, the more I like to not love the Blue Jays. <laughs> right, right. And I don't really have any particular reason other than that. Yeah, just you get bombarded with all of these fans of Blue Jays. Yeah. Now I was an Expo guy back in the day. You were. I huh? loved yeah. the Expos. Yeah. So I never really jumped in as a Blue Jay guy. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time too, like. In the in the seventies when the Jays started, I think it was seventy seven. Well, the Red Sox were, you know, the seventy eight team yeah. was the one that lost in the playoff to the Yankees. Yep. And so, like that was that was kind of my heyday as a fan. And so the Jays were an afterthought. The Expos were in the other league, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm a Ellis Valentine and Andre Dawson and Tim Raines and Warren oh, Cromartie yeah, like that. Yeah. That was a team that I loved and I connected with. The Jays, they were just like another team to me. I never yeah. really I never really connected, I guess. Well, looking good in the spring. Spring training's funny. All the all the positives are always mentioned by the writers. You oh, know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's hilarious. It's it's now have you ever been to spring training? No, I never have. No, I've Go. been to Florida many it times, is but outstanding. Yeah. The the best part about spring training baseball is you go and you watch four innings, and if you're done, you leave. Yeah, you're done. It's done. And if you don't like the game going on yeah. at the stadium right by where you are, drive 12 miles, and there'll be another one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've never like, been. I, I love it. You go around Phoenix or, yeah. you know, that's the one I know best, but also in Florida. And, man, you can you can catch a whole bunch of different teams, and you sit out in the sun, and it's, I don't know, it's I find it really cool, really refreshing, really fun. Yeah. No, I've never been. i got to make it. One day. All right, uh, Ray. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the podcast this week. I feel like we we learned a lot, including if if you don't have fun in Nashville, just dig yourself a hole back at the airport. Yep, that's the play. <laughs> dig it in and jump in. Jump, it. jump in it. Uh, awesome. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll be here next week for uh, some more uh, NHL talk. Uh, thanks, Ray. You betcha. We'll talk to you uh, next week, everybody. Thanks, and keep firing questions in. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll be back at it next Wednesday.